What do you reckon the government should have done in order to address the skepticism behind, say, vaccines, even the pandemic itself, man? Because the the fake pandemic shit has just ground me into the, into a little ball of limp. Yeah. Man. So it started off with this isn't real because no one ever saw a COVID positive patient. It's because we didn't have much COVID in Australia. Yeah. I mean, we only had like a handful in hospital at the start, right? And then that sort of changed and then it was, all right, yeah, COVID's, you know, because everyone knows, by now everybody knows somebody who's had COVID. Yeah. Um, and everyone usually knows someone who got really unwell with COVID. And then it sort of changed. It's like, no, nah, the vaccine's a conspiracy because, you know, we haven't really gotten to that in other countries, we are seeing people who are vaccinated still require hospitalization. And there's a couple of reasons behind that. I mean, one, if you've got 90% of a country vaccinated, the only people who are going to be going to, like, it's just a numbers thing, right? Yeah. It's like the people that are going to be going into hospital are going to be vaccinated because, like, they make up the majority of the people who are who are in the population. Yeah. But then if you look at the numbers of people in the hospital you'll find that it's disproportionate in terms of the actual population. So, you know, you might see a 50-50 mix of people, but when 90% of the population is vaccinated, so that 10% will be making up 50% of the people. And this is just, I'm just, you know, throwing out some numbers, but that's what the statistics are showing as well. The, I mean, over the last, you know, two years, I've heard every pushback against COVID, like from be- from it being a conspiracy to then, you know, the vaccine's doing damage to then, like, every sort of all the way, all the way through. The one that sort of gets me a lot is, okay, it exists, but I don't believe that it's doing the effect, doing what it, people are saying it's going to do, yeah. or, like, being something that people aren't going to recover from. Yep. And that's because we respect our patients' privacy and confidentiality. Yeah. And you can't just walk through an ICU and have a doctor tell you someone's complete history from start to finish. Because if that were if that were the case, I can assure you that people, there would be a lot of people that would change their mind. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's when you when you sit in there and you find that someone's like forty five or fifty five, when they have absolutely no hope, their lungs are completely scarred. They're on the maximum amount of pressure they can tolerate without bursting a lung. And they are not on 21% oxygen, room air, or aka room air. They are on 100% oxygen. There is nothing higher than that. They cannot get more, they cannot ventilate their lungs any better than what we're doing. And they've got, I don't know, you and I are sitting here, we've got oxygen saturations of, I would assume, over 98%. Yep. Right? 100% probably. You don't smoke? No. Good. <laughs> All right, so 100%, no. 100%. These guys will be sitting there with 70 to 80% on maximum they're getting, therapy. They're vitamin. getting oxygen pumped into them yep. and they still yep. can't. They've gotten it pumped into them. Yes, that's right. And if they were getting pumped any harder, they would burst their lungs. Yeah. They'd end up with a pneumothorax or something. And they are not maintaining oxygen saturations that are that could allow them to do anything. They're just there comatose. What about like all the reports of, yeah, people were saying that, Oh, more people die from the flu every year, yada, yada, yada. Oh, so if you look at the... I think last year I looked at some stats, and I can't... I don't recall the numbers exactly, but you looked at the amount of people that died from the flu in the previous year versus the amount of people that died from COVID last year when we didn't really go through a... Yeah. We didn't go through a wave, 
And we were in stage four lockdown for a majority of the year, right? Yeah, we didn't go outside, man. Yeah, exactly. And COVID still killed more people than the flu. So I don't know, like, it's just, it's wrong. COVID still killed more people while we were in stage four lockdown. And, like, people talked about how 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 low the rate of the flu was. Like, it's like, oh, we don't hear the flu anymore. Like, what's this? It's yeah. just like the, it's another conspiracy. It's like, we didn't hear about the flu because people weren't, like, people weren't in closed rooms not wearing and not wearing a mask. So yeah. I went think- to my GP um, last year, maybe it was at the start of this year or the end of last year. I can't remember when it was. Last time I went, something random, like you know, I needed to re-up on my inhaler or some shit, you know. And I said, how's it all going anyway? He goes, look, because less people have got the flu because everyone's staying inside exactly. and they're washing their hands. And so imagine how much more contagious COVID is if it could still break through that. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of all the spurious facts that people threw out there, and it's easy to latch onto because you know. Oh, so I can, <laughs> I can, I can talk about one other thing because I hear this from like relatives and yeah. or distant relatives and, um, I guess acquaintances and so on, and people will always question you because you've got a medical background. Oh, what do you think of this and what do you think of that? And I hear people. Firstly, I don't know where people are getting this idea that people are getting sick from the from from the vaccine. I worked in emergency during the rollout of the vaccine. When we had almost, you know, we had very low numbers of COVID. I think in, a, in Victoria, we were like on zero a day at some point for yeah, a very for a prolonged period donuts. of time. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Yep, donuts, that's right. Donuts, and we had the vaccine being rolled out. Not going to lie again, I saw some people come into ED post-vaccination, maybe with a fever, maybe with a headache. Some form of side effect. Some sort of side effect that you would normally expect from a lot of vaccines anyway. Man, when you take penicillin, they ask you if you're allergic to it. Yeah. No, no, no. An allergy is, a, you know, it's a severe side effect, but like, yeah. sorry, it's a, it's a reaction to the medication. Yeah. If you've got, if you get anaphylaxis, if you're allergic to it, you shouldn't have it. That's, yeah. But you know, that's with everything. But a lot of it was caused from the stress and the, you know, the, the conspiracies and the media sort of stressing people out, being like, oh my God, what have I just done? I've just had this vaccine. And they get they get a bit anxious. They come into emergency. We run all the tests. We check for the rare blood clots that are, I think it's like one in a million, probably less yeah. likely, especially now that we've adjusted the um, the vaccine that you receive, depending on your age. Because it was no blueprint. Like, you're basically figuring it out as you go. What do you mean? I mean, to an extent. Of- I mean, like you said, you're adjusting... The age range of oh, the vaccine yeah. sort so, of thing. Yeah, so there's a lot of controversy about the the fact that we did adjust the age range and all that because I think it did create some vaccine hesitancy. Yeah. Because when you see the government taking back what they initially did, yeah. you, you do become a bit more cautious. And I, I definitely felt that as well. But like when you actually look at the numbers and look at the research, it's... Yeah, it's a much a much. It's like yeah, it's like yeah. Okay, the risk was a little bit larger, but it was still better than not getting the vaccine. Sorry, it was still yeah, it was still better than not getting the vaccine. I think um, I spent a lot of time telling people that had that hesitancy. You know, oh, they said this, but then they said that. Blah blah blah. I'm like, yes, because we're still figuring the fucking thing out. This is literally we want what's best. And like, like I just said, it's still better to get it than to not get it. Yeah. So. They're just trying to make it even safer for you so that you have even less to poke at 
even less to worry about. Yeah. And so on. And like I was saying, all these people that, the, well, not all, the few people that I saw come into emergency after the vaccine rollout with a side effect, which was usually a headache or a fever, they never had a problem. They went home. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't. I did not see anyone get intubated in ICU because they got the vaccine for COVID. Yeah. Like nobody, I didn't see anyone. I don't know if, it, if there's any cases in the, maybe there's a case report or something, but I can tell you now, I personally have not seen them and I've seen, I can tell you now that more people have gotten the vaccine than have gotten COVID in Australia. And well, what do you know? We've got a lot of people with COVID in the hospital. We don't have a lot of people. Well, I think we have nobody in the hospital who's had a vaccine side effect Literally. or almost or no, no one that I've seen life, life threatening sort of side yeah. effect, life threatening side effect. We have people who have come in, we've scanned their brain and so on because you know, there's this worry about this blood clot and a couple of other issues. Um, I know myocarditis is something that's been worried about a lot uh, with the Pfizer vaccine in young men. Myocarditis being what exactly? Oh, inflammation of the heart. Okay. Myocarditis, pericarditis. And yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, the risk of getting that is far lower than contracting COVID and becoming think, pretty unwell. Um, I think out of everything, like all the conspiracy things and all the, th- all the shit that people throw around, I think the one that really triggered me, I'm not a doctor, but I know what the Hippocratic Oath is. And I'd, I remember hearing from a bunch of people about how their GP was like refusing to allow for fucking jabs and spreading misinformation on their end. How does it make you feel? I, yeah, I did hear some stories like that and it, oh, it's, it's worrying because I mean, you, your GP is usually someone you've developed very good rapport with, someone you trust. It's yeah. your person managing your medical problems. And when you hear people, or you hear that a GP has, and not, there's probably very few people that are, very few GPs that have done this. Yeah. Um, when you hear something like that's happened, you, oh, you become, you don't feel right about it because you're like, oh, maybe they, they haven't, they don't, haven't worked in the hospital. Maybe the community that they're serving hasn't had a big outbreak of COVID and become severely unwell. And maybe that's where it's come from. Uh, because I can tell you now, if they went into 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 one of the hospitals, one of the big Melbourne hospitals, during the peak of COVID, they would say otherwise. Is the stream of information the same for, say, the GPs out in the boonies or you know, your local burbs, as opposed to, say, a doctor in, in the hospital? Yeah. So I think the difference is we're exposed to different medical problems. They're exposed to people in the community. We're, we're exposed to people who need hospital admission. And usually people that need hospital admission are very unwell. So um, in regards to that info about COVID and all the... the oh, I get what you mean. Yeah, no, they yeah. have the same... They have the so same, it's the same rollout. They have the same access. And one other thing that I wanted to bring out about this is people are very biased. And when you hear that a GP has potentially told a patient that they should maybe avoid getting the vaccine... Usually, I I don't. I feel like it may not be the case. I feel like there's a personal bias there, and they are selective with the information that they hear from their GP. Yeah. So possibly the GP has said, "Look, you know, there are these risks associated with the vaccine. I've got to let you know about them." And potentially the patient has been like, "My GP has told me not to do it." 
Yeah. They've Does latched that make on sense? They've latched they've on to latched what they want to hear. Yeah, exactly. And they've forgotten the rest of it, which is this will this can save your life. Yeah, it serves their narrative or whatever it is, and that's all it is. And, you know, we're all guilty of doing something like that in some, Just in some way. Just the idea that there are doctors out there pushing back against vaccines and the general... You know, I haven't met... I personally have not met a single doctor who is against the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm sure they do. Just, but I haven't met one personally, and I've met quite a few working in the hospital. Yeah. And usually the first thing they ask is, is this patient vaccinated or not? Because that will determine how much we're going to have to worry about them yeah, when they come in. Yeah, whole course of action regarding yep. them. Uh, I got triggered a lot, man. Like. <laughs> I've look, it's been trying for everyone, man. But especially when I heard the shit about people telling me that DGP said don't do it, blah blah blah. Yeah, it's just I think like, I think there's a lot of selective hearing. There. I've cracked it. And I'm just like, getting you fucking doctor. Are you fucking serious? Like, yeah. What? That's why I'm asking. Would these doctors have the same flow of, of information? No, they do. They, no, no, they. One thing that comes to mind is the fact that sometimes as a GP, you are. I guess you're working, sometimes you could be working by yourself, you're not working with a team, and yeah. I guess when you're in a team environment, you're more likely to share information, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I learn from you, you learn from me, you hear something, I hear something, I show yeah. you a statistic, you show me a study, and yeah. we sort of learn together. And obviously, the in a hospital, there's protocols that are followed, and you know I'm getting emails probably right now about a protocol that's been updated regarding whether it be regarding COVID or what we're testing or who's turned positive and how long we have to isolate for and so on. Yeah, constantly. So I'm, I'm constantly getting that inflow of medic of uh, information. And in general, in GP land, that may be, that may be missed. Um, uh, but they, they, yeah, they definitely have the access to all the information as well. How about a sensitive subject that's sort of come up now, man, which people are really hesitant to talk about is boosters coming up. Yeah. What's, so your, what's your, what's your take on it? It's not, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's not something I've looked into uh, very much, and the reason is because I trust the numbers and I trust the people that are making these recommendations. Yeah, and I think looking at the other countries that have gone through second waves, there's a few things that we have to consider. One being the fact that when we we're comparing, so I think for instance, let's give let's use Israel as an example, and I don't know the exact numbers, but yeah, I'll give you. A, we'll do rough ballpark figures, right? Um, you know, they had the the alpha strain of COVID at the start. They had a, they would have had an outbreak or whatever, and then you know they got everyone vaccinated, and they still saw people coming into hospital. And you know, if you compare the hospitalizations, it's probably still lower post vaccination. But you're like, oh no, they're still getting hospitalized. But what we're comparing is we're comparing. Alpha strain with no vaccine versus Delta strain with vaccine. So we're not really comparing the same thing. We're comparing two different strains of a virus. Yeah. And then we're comparing a vaccinated, unvaccinated person. I don't think it's a very fair comparison. No, no, that makes sense. So we, we are seeing, you know, people still getting sick. We are, I think we are, we are also seeing that people after six months are, um, are having a waning immunity. Right. So that's probably true. Um, so. 
I guess, sorry, what was the, what was the question about the, the boosters? So what the boosters, like a lot of people are getting, he- are being hesitant about the, bo- the idea of having to take a booster. Like we all bit the bullet. We all did our double jab. Yeah. And now people are talking about boosters coming in. And it's like, no, yeah. a lot of uh, that people that have been on the, the train so far are saying, nah, I'm, I'm stopping with boosters. I'm not getting jabbed again. La la la. Yeah. I feel like these people feel like they already took a risk with their first jab. Yeah. And they're like, well, I've done my part. I shouldn't have to do it again. Yeah. And they, <laughs> They think that it's a, it's a really big ass to get a, a I'm sorry, third. I just feel your frustration, man. Like yeah, yeah. See, you get out of like. See, this is the thing. This is why I respect people in in your field, right? Purely because you get up in the morning, focused on saving fucking lives, man. You know, these people out there that think they're doing God's work by doing jack shit. Where doctors and like, yeah, you know, all especially the people on the front lines for COVID now, man, have literally. Spent 18 months, two years nearly, wearing the scrubs, wearing all the gear, round the clock monitoring people so they don't die. That's something. That's a concept that the average layperson doesn't actually understand, man. And it's frustrating. You know, it yeah. really pisses me off. Because I'm seeing you, you're talking about this, like the, the stuff you're talking about, man, it's literally life or death. Like, it's mortality. You're taking that responsibility on, man. And it pisses me off that people will doubt shit that you've seen with your own two eyes. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's what's frustrating. It's frustrating for me as well. But yeah, I know. That, that's the, what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm channeling. It's the, yeah, it's the. You've, you've been so diplomatic, man, but because if I was you, I'd be the, I'd be, I'd be like Becker or some shit. I'd be losing my fucking mind every yeah. day. Do you know what I mean? No, no, it's frustrating, but it's, it's the reality. So you just do your best to make sure people are educated. Like I said, everyone that I know that had, uh, that was sitting on the fence, I called them up and I told them, Look, this is the reason why I think you should get vaccinated. Yeah. And there's people that are getting I'm hearing about people getting exemptions and sometimes these exemptions are for silly things. Oh man. Some when- of the exemptions, like I'm hearing people getting exemptions for autoimmune diseases and all this other stuff. And the truth is that if you have the you know, if you've got an autoimmune disease, it may make you more likely to get very unwell with COVID. So that's more re- that you should be more inclined to get vaccinated. Yeah. I've had the, I've heard the dumbest exemptions, man, for like even just wearing masks. I've got anxiety. I've got asthma. It's like, well, I've got anxiety and asthma and I'm wearing a fucking gas mask if I have to. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And it takes the piss. You know what I mean? Like people actually taking away from people that really do have these these things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, look, what do you reckon Moving forward, yeah, I mean, we'd like to think we're at the tail end of it. Do you think we are? I, I mean, we've got we'll the Omicron we'll be, now. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll be at the tail end of it when our uh, developing countries are fully vaccinated as well. Yeah. And imagine, right, we've got the privilege of having these, um, having a preventative strategy widely accessible and available to us, even booster shots we have available. And, you know, some of these developing countries, they can't even get their first shot. Yeah, but you know that all that will change all time with time, and the sooner we address that, the less likely we are to develop mutant strains that are going to be resistant to, um, I guess possibly resistant to the vaccine. Um, so we should yeah we should get on board of doing that earlier rather than later. Yeah. Okay. What do you um? How far away do you reckon we are? I mean, I'm not asking you to predict the future, but how far do you reckon we are till this is a, a like, I mean, COVID's never going to go away. 
nah, it's going to be, it's going to stick with us. We're, it's here. We're going to live with it. Yeah. And we're lucky that we avoided what a lot of countries had to go through, like Italy, like Spain. Yeah. And so on. In that we had the harsh lock letdowns at the start. We weren't one of the first countries to be affected by it. And we got to learn a lot from other countries. Even the vaccine, we actually got a lot, we got to learn a lot from other countries because, you know, we, we got on board quite late. Yeah. So we got to see, you know, the side effects and the, and the safety profile. When we, when we say, you know, we're going to live with COVID, it's the same. I feel like, you know, when people, people go up in arms about it, I sort of think of it like, well, we learned to live with measles. We learned to live with mumps. We learned to live with Ebola. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I put it in that sort of bucket. Like, yeah, it's another disease that's come up that we're going to, figure out how to manage exactly is that the best way to look at it yeah we're going to figure out how to manage it that's the way i look at um everything's looking bright for us from here on omicron's look we don't know very much about omicron we don't know how infectious it is we don't know um how how lethal it is we don't know we don't really know its mortality rate um but those those figures that information will come with time yeah and hopefully we'll yeah, we're taking the appropriate steps to prevent it from really affecting us. Can I ask you, Matt, like, you don't have to throw anyone under the bus specifically, but ha- all the people that you said you knew were on the fence, you know, regarding vaccinations, all that sort of stuff, you caught up and had a chat with, how many of, what percentage of those people would you say jumped on? Uh, I think a lot, but a lot of them, a lot of them, the reason what made them really jump on board is the fact that it was mandated. And everyone had something to say about the man. Well, not everyone. A lot of people had a lot to say about the mandation of the vaccine. Like why they, we should have a choice about whether to take it or not. No, but you shouldn't have a choice about whether you're going to affect the health of other people around you. Right. Um, you know, you've got the responsibility to do the right thing. Uh, we, we want to develop herd immunity. We all want to, you know, reduce the risk of, the, of there being mutant strains, reduce the risk of infecting other people, not have to worry about what we might catch if we go to the supermarket, you know, to get our food for the night. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so with those people, um, although people complain about the mandate, the, uh, the fact that the vaccines were mandated, it's one of the best things that's happened because I don't think we would have gotten to 90% without it. Yeah. So the people that were sitting on the fence were, I think a lot of those people became more okay with the fact that they had to get the vaccine now. Does that make sense? Yeah. They were more okay with the fact that now, all right, well, I have to get it, so I'll just get it anyway. Uh, some people actually, I think, actually some people I convinced and they were happy to get it before it was mandated as well. But everyone knew it was going to become mandatory. What do you say everyone about- Everyone knew um, early on. All those protesters that you see in the CBD and stuff that apparently are from uh, healthcare professions. Uh, So they make up a very, I think they make up a very small proportion of the people in health professions, um, but they speak very loud. Yeah. So that's why we hear about them. And it's very controversial. So when they do protest, you know, it's on the news. You know about it. I know about it. It's a very small proportion. And where, where do you reckon this? I mean, I didn't even, I've stopped listening basically, but I mean, these are essentially your peers and colleagues and stuff. So where do you, re- where do you think they're coming from? What's the actual argument from anyone, you know, I mean, do you know? So I've no, I know of people who have chosen not to get the vaccine who were working in within the hospital. Yeah. 
very few people. As I mentioned, actually, none of them were doctors. Um, some of them were uh, PSAs, so theatre techs, people that move around the, yeah, you know, move patients from from site to site after surgery or whatnot. Um, some cleaners, just orderlies, some, just, there was, yeah, 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 orderlies. Yep, there was a couple of nurses. Um, what was their reasoning? Uh, so I heard from I mean, a few of them. I heard I've got a medical condition. Usually something like autoimmune or some something along those lines. And look, it's I haven't argued it with them. It's such a sensitive topic. Yeah. And it's very hard to confront with them because you wonder how how do you make the decision to not get vaccinated when you can literally see what's happening. But Well, it's the same reason why people smoke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, mean? I guess that's a yeah, but I I mean yeah. Smoking's bad. Smoking does kill, but smoking kills in years. Yeah, COVID kills in a couple of <laughs> in like two weeks. Yeah. Look, people are stupid, man. Like, yeah, that, that's what I come. It comes down to people are stupid, a hundred percent. And I don't know, people. I guess it doesn't really hit that hard unless you know someone personally that's gotten really, really unwell as well. Because it's called fear. Yeah. You know, once someone you know has been hospitalized, that's close to you. You know, like, man, you know, let's take a look at Greg, fit bloke, you know, early 30s, goes to the gym, blah, 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 strongest man alive, and then gets taken down by COVID. Now you're shitting yourself because you're nearly half as fit as Greg. Yeah, exactly. So that's you know what that's, I mean? a, that's one thing that comes to mind when, and that's what happens. Yeah, that's what that was, what was confronting for me when I saw someone that was, you know, fit and well, young, be really unwell, and you're like, oh, that could so easily be me as well. Yeah. But yeah, what makes you feel a bit better is I haven't seen anyone in that state who's been double vaxxed. You say that with confidence, yeah. Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. I think I said at the start when we started talking that I was a bit scared and I was, he- it actually was scary, but in those times I actually remembered, I'm like, oh, wait a second, I've had both jabs. Well, I yeah. haven't really seen anyone. You know, it's still, it's still, still, uh, you know, you can still get sick, but you don't get nearly as sick. I had a lot of arguments with people that were anti-jab because they didn't trust the science. And then I'd bring up my situation. Like, I've, I've got asthma, you know, um, and I, I've got uh, mental health issues, anxiety. So, you know, I'm already in a heightened state. So, all I need is, you know, an asthma attack to trigger me and I'm fucked. And they're like, oh, well, then you should definitely get the jab. I'm like, so hang on. <laughs> so, these fucked up drugs that you don't trust should definitely be on the priority for me, but not for you. Because you're healthy. Yeah. And so many times it came from people older than me as well. I'm just like, are you joking? Yeah. And then the other thing is, but like, you know, as someone who, you know, has asthma, I guess it looks, if you're double jabbed, even with asthma, your risk is quite low. Yeah. But, you know, it's still a risk. Yeah. And it's like, do you want to associate with someone who could, who is more likely to pass on the virus to you, more likely to be infected, more likely to give it to you? Isn't that a little bit, it's like, it's quite selfish on their part. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And that's the whole thing. That's what I kept putting it down to, man. Like I'd have to give you a wrap up of every episode where we've cut, touched on this. And I've just kept saying it's because it, it's not what you're doing to protect yourself. It's protecting other people. And most people are just selfish idiots. And that's, that's the reality, man. Like we, I don't want to, it's, it's a hard, it's a harsh reality, man, of where we're at. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I don't know. It's marketing, man. And that's what really annoys me. The fact that the government did a step back on, you know, the vaccines at some point, you know, what they should be getting and when and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I can understand where they were coming from as well. They oh, wanted to I, do everything. I agree. They wanted to do everything that, you know. Yeah. They wanted to be every, everything be as safe as possible. Yeah. But in the process, it did create some, some level of, um, some level of danger in that it created that, you know, that vaccine hesitancy that we were talking about. Yeah. So that's something that I feel like, yeah, it's hard to say whether that was a step back or a step forward. Yeah. But I, I can't, yeah, I can't speak on that. Nah, no, nah, look, and that's the thing. I don't expect you to speak on behalf of every doctor out there. I'm not expecting you to speak on behalf of your health practitioner or the government. You know what I mean? You can only say what you know. Um, but that, that's what I really wanted to bring you down, man, because like most people don't have access to the information that you're bringing up. Yeah. You know? I think it's... The, to read the information is one thing, but to see see it in front of you is another. Yeah. And like I said, it definitely hits harder when you see it in front of you. Yeah. Like when, when I said, when you see a, a, a full, an ICU full of COVID positive patients that are unvaccinated. Yeah. And- How many people would you say you're working at, like, you know, we're talking about hospitals being a capacity- how many people would you say, like in an ICU for, or whatever, you know? Sorry, this is something that people don't really realize. Like a hospital has like 10, 20 ICU beds. Yeah. They don't have more. Like they don't have- no, I know. It's, a, it's a valuable resource. Yeah. I think people were looking at the ice, the number of people in ICU on the news like, oh, it's only 200. Mate, how many ICU beds do you think there are in Victoria? Like, <laughs> that's, that was the best part. And like- you know, I remember actually seeing some of the statistics and being like, you know, they were high, but I was also like, I think it's, surely it's higher because like where I'm working and the places that I'm here, where my colleagues are working, they're like, their ICUs are full. Yeah. Then I discovered, and you, if you look it up, you actually find out that um, some of the figures were actually wrong. So, when we were report, when they were reporting on the news and, yeah, when they were reporting the statistics regarding- uh, the amount of COVID positive patients in ICU. Yeah. They were reporting active cases. They weren't reporting the person that was past day 20 of COVID who was no longer infectious, but still on a ventilator. So when you say active, it means that they were able to spread it to someone else. Okay. So if you were, if you had COVID, so if you were admitted into hospital with COVID, you became really sick and ended up in ICU and now you're in, ICU, you've been in ICU for six weeks, right? Six yeah. weeks, and now you're at your sixth week. You're no longer COVID positive. You might test positive um, just because of the way the, the, the virus sheds, but you can't infect somebody else. So after day 20, and I don't know if this has changed recently based on new data, but from when I, rem- from when I last worked in ICU, after day 20, you're no longer COVID positive despite what your test says because you can no longer infect someone else. That wasn't counted in the statistics as a COVID ICU patient. It's counted as a normal ICU patient. Yeah. So there was actually under-reporting our stats. Is that? I feel like I went around in a no, circle no, no, a little bit. Does I that make it. sense? Yeah. Uh, and that's the, the other thing that annoys me when people sort of attribute. I had a lot of people push back and say, "Oh, you know, my grandmother's uh, my grandmother's painter's husband's brother died from uh, you know." pneumonia, but they're attributing it to COVID as a COVID death. It's like, okay, 
did he have pneumonia and COVID? Or did he- yeah, maybe he had COVID maybe, pneumonia. Maybe he had COVID and then got pneumonia because yeah, of COVID. Yeah, no, or well, the COVID leads to the pneumonia. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, it's all yeah. that sort of shit. Uh, what really gets me is when people say, so the if you look at the death rate, like the normal death rate in the community versus the death rate in the community after vaccination, it's the same. Yeah. Right. But for some reason, whenever somebody dies or something happens very close to the vaccine, it's, that's it. This is a vaccine side effect. Yeah. And that's pretty frustrating as well. So, you know, like I said, the headache, the cold, and I've heard this from relatives and from family friends and from acquaintances and so on, where they've been like, oh, I got the vaccine and then, oh, I got sick two weeks later. And they were fine, but it's like, well, maybe you're going to get sick from something. Maybe you're going to get gastro anyway. You just had, you just happened, like, it's just, it's coincidence. It's like, I got the vaccine and then bang, two weeks later, herpes. Like, yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. Oh. Do you reckon culturally there's big gaps, like, within our communities? Like, do you reckon certain cultures are gravitating towards misinformation and all that sort of shit? Like, within ethnic communities. Of- yeah, I'm having a good think about that, actually. <laughs> And like I said, I'm not asking I'm you thinking to about, yeah, 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 no, no, no. I think, yeah, I think there is a, I think, oh, I think, a, I think a few things tie into this. So socioeconomic status, yeah. Um, you know the the part of Melbourne you live in. Usually the the same things that tie into um, poor health. Yeah, unfortunately. I got to say though, there is a, there's definitely a personality type that is more inclined to be an anti-vaxxer <laughs> than, than to be like, like there's definitely a personality type. Like it's, the, you just it's a, a point similar, now when you're at a party or something. Now that we can have parties you can again, them, you can pick them out. Yeah, you just keep your mouth shut. It's like, what do you do? Oh, I'm a painter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you want to have doctor in front of you. Oh, it's just my initials, <laughs> my first name. No, no, no. There's you. <laughs> You want to you want to spread the right information. You want to spread the word. You want to make sure everyone's doing the right thing. So, you know, as much as as frustrating as it can get, you got to understand that you know people don't have the same background and weren't expo- exposed to the same um, uh, information and education on health. So, you know, I can't I can't be one to judge on that. Yeah, no, I I I agree. I understand. Like I said, we've you know we say a couple of jokes and whatnot, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it's frustrating, but yeah, it's something we've got to try to try to fix rather than. Um, yeah, look, man, like I have these conversations. I was talking to a mate of mine today, just on the way in, and it was <laughs> this mate of mine always brings up random shit just to just throw a conversation out there, and he sent me four photos of sp- uh, canned spaghetti. <laughs> I went, "Why, man?" And he goes, "You know, well, what's your experience with them?" I go, "I, I don't do them." I go, "I've done canned beans because yeah. I need." protein with my breakfast if i've been training or whatever but canned spaghetti nah as a greek i go i don't touch him and he yeah. goes his only experience was that he he was interstate for work years years ago and he got his way into a backpackers with a colleague because they'd never seen a backpackers hostel before and he said the odious <laughs> the odious waft of like canned spaghetti drifting through the building because it was killing me and I, and then we started talking about shit hygiene uh, shit not hygiene shit um diet and all that sort of stuff and a lot of it we said a lot of it comes down to just misinformation, laziness, you know, where, like you said, socio-economic um, sort of regions, like it all depends on someone's upbringing. 
But you can't shit can them for not knowing anything different if that's all they've known. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So what do you reckon needs to happen now as far as educating? Like, okay, here's something. I mean, you're privileged to more information than I would be, right, in regards to COVID, statistics, all that sort of shit. Do you reckon the message the government's been putting out is accurate to what the actual ongoing situation is? Obviously, so it obviously is, they're is, keeping no, certain cards a, to these. I was going to say, I was going to say, no, 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 I was going to say, it is accurate, but it's it, it is one thing to it is one thing to hear the numbers, and it's one thing to it's another to see it in front of you, and to work in that environment where it's just constantly, yeah, you're constantly exposed to it. I mean, I see, yeah, I get the the case count, you know, thirteen hundred today. Oh yeah, cool, you know, six people died. Oh, but less people are going into hospital with it. Yeah, like yeah. It's the hospital situation is slowly improving. Okay. Mm. But it's been nearly two years. Yeah. Basically. Oh, but I'm talking about the hospital situation's improving from the initial wave that we we're facing this year. When we we're at I don't know, fifty percent and so on. Yeah. As we got those rates up, we're look at us, we're we're no longer in stage four restrictions and I can tell you from what I see, the hospital's definitely looking better. These aren't these aren't admissions you can fake. Like you can't fake needing oxygen. Like you know, you've, we, we have objective ways of measuring your oxygen levels. And man, your, I've had to say that to health. people that have tried to pull up a you know a, a crying wolf thing, or like, oh, I, I couldn't breathe. Blah blah blah. It's like no motherfucker, I couldn't breathe. That's why I was on a gas tank in mm. in, a, in a hospital. You do not have asthma. You may have a chest cold. You have the sniffles. You know. Get some Nasonex in here, and you'll be breathing fine. Yeah. Nasonex is not going to help an asthmatic or someone with bronchitis. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, it's for people that aren't exposed to shit. They don't know, and they just take it to the, wherever they want in their heads. Um, oh, I was going to ask you. Uh, oh, regarding like the whole point that we're still getting 1,300 cases a day, but people are sort of like, oh, why are we out of lockdown when we're still getting 1,300 cases a day, et cetera, et cetera, where we were literally locked down Two cases coming One out. is the fact that we've got a very high um, vaccination rate, so less people are less likely to get severely ill. So we're we're more accepting of the higher higher numbers, and you, you know we want to keep safe, but you know we we want to continue living as well. Yeah, it's not good to be in lockdown for a prolonged period of time, and we've been the most lockdown city in the world. So. Yeah. You know, that, that's not good for people's mental health. That's not good for people economically. Um, there's many reasons why we should be coming out of it, but we wouldn't be coming out of it unless we thought it was, rel- you know, it was relatively safe as well. And I so think when they announced like, third, let's say, 1,200 cases today, blah, 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 it's not 1,200 people going in a hospital. No, no. It's just 1,200 people, people that have t- tested positive. Out of that percentage, amount of people going in a hospital would be. You know what? Like, say, Ooh, hard to. I haven't looked at the most recent numbers. Yeah, I know it's less. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what the actual number is. But that's, that's the whole point: in. the fact that just because you're testing positive now, it doesn't mean because you've been vaxxed, there's less chance you're going to need to go to hospital. Exactly, and that's the whole point. Yeah, and that's. I think that's a narrative that they, the government really. Didn't oh, there's push. there's actually a few things there. So yeah, one of them, one of it is actually that we are. Well, the big one is that we have a high vaccination rate. The other thing is that as we're approaching summer, people are less likely to be indoors. Yeah. So when you're meeting with people, with family, with friends, uh, most of it's done, you know. Yeah. Doors open, better ventilation, and so on. Yeah. 
I'm just picturing every Wog's house that I've gone to where they've got the hater on full board. Yeah, yeah, sweating. The doors, the doors are closed. sweating. The doors are closed. We're in a sauna? <laughs> oh, Far out, man. I tell you what, that's what my house is like a lot of the time. <laughs> Put the heater on full and just chill. Man, I still remember. This is probably, oh, man, it would have been like my late teens, maybe early 20s. Probably late teens, man. Mid to late teens. And I still remember it being like going into the living room and my old man standing there and he's like his paper thin trackies, like rubbing him like his shoulders, like Ugh. he's standing on the heater. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, it's freezing. I'm looking outside, the sun's out. Like, are you nuts? He's yeah. got the heater on full ball. Like you're burning your trackies, man. Step <laughs> away from the heat. Like, What's wrong with you? He's like, Oh, you yeah. <laughs> know. That's just, so funny. Oh, dude, that's just you can't help but like you laugh and then you cringe and then you laugh again. It's just like whatever, man. Like <laughs> you, you yeah. all get in line one day. So moving forward, man. Like just we've come to this where we are at. If you could say, like, yeah, I don't want to keep you because I know like you're wrecked. Um, no, that's all good. What is your underlying message, man? To like say, firstly to anti-vaxxers, literally, firstly to anti-vaxxers, people that are hesitant with that sort of shit, and just moving forward, man. To the in regards to how we should be dealing with this shit. Like I think for people who are against the vaccine, um, I guess speak to someone, I don't know, speak to someone working in the hospital, um, speak to someone that's, you know, dealing with it, speak to people who have had it or who have had to go into hospital, uh, be selective with the, the source of information that you use. Don't just go off. I guess I just told you to, speak to people but don't go off the information of you know just anybody don't go off facebook exactly don't go (laughs) off facebook don't just go off headlines yeah um you know look at look at government websites um look at studies journal articles look at what they're saying and you know it requires i guess it does require background level of education to be able to analyze the study so I'm not going to say that's something that everyone should and can do. I'll be honest, man. I spent a lot of time initially just doing two seconds of, of background on spurious articles people were forwarding me, you know, that they found on Facey, basically validating their opinion. You know, yeah, and don't be, don't go, so keep an open mind and, you know, everyone that says, it's funny that I say keep an open mind because everyone that, everyone that, um, that I've that I've heard from who's been against the vaccine. So they're the ones who are usually saying, keep an open mind. They're usually the closest. They have the, cl- <laughs> <laughs> they're usually the closed mind minded ones. Cause yeah. they're not looking, they're not open to looking at other sources of information. No. They are selective with the information because and the resources they, that they all use. All they do, man, is they find, and this is it's selection bias. It's yeah, selection it's not bias, even just actually. COVID. It's everything. Flat earthers. It's every conspiracy under the sun. They just find something that validates their opinion and then they latch on to it. Exactly. And, that's and it. they don't look at the other side. Man, like I said, I debunked so many articles like, oh yeah, who was this written by? Cool. Do a search on the guy that was written by. Some nut that was like kicked out of medical and school. And went to jail. Yeah. <laughs> spent 10 years. Oh, he's fighting the system. No, he's not. <laughs> like, he's a nut jail. Like, two people died yeah. under his watch. Like, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, the I thing is you can poke holes at anything as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, just try to try to look at objective sources of, of evidence is the best way to Can put I ask it. Can I ask I sort of touched on this before, and you sort of you, you you're very diplomatic, and I understand why. But how does it make you feel, man, knowing that there are people actively going out there every day, believing that you're you're getting up to, to literally hurt people? Do you know what I mean? To work against the goodwill of of society as a doctor, man. 
as like, and I take it back to the Hippocratic Oath. I always yeah, do, yeah. you know, because it's literally the benchmark. It's like, dude, like that's why I, that's why I do respect anyone working in medicine, you know, because yeah. it's like you're a different caliber, man. You you got up in the morning with a different mindset to everyone else. No, you just you keep in mind that not everyone can have the understanding that you have of yeah. um, how the health system works, uh, how I guess how the human physiology and pharmacology works and um, how the hospital works, how patients respond to treatment and so on. Uh, And, you know, not everyone understands the outcome of certain treatments and and so on again. So that's what I just try to keep in mind whenever I'm in a difficult situation where potentially a family member may not be agreeing with what we say or... Yeah. But, you know, you always ask what their opinion is and what they would recommend and... You know, if it's plausible, you keep it in. You keep it in mind. And- I I had a relative end up in ICU, you know, like not that long ago, and they said they said to me, you know, had this like, you know, whoever thought I would have ended up like this, and I'm like, <laughs> I said, not only have you ignored every sign that you had along the way, you ignored every fucking doctor on the way as well. Yeah. Okay. And what's going to change now? Okay. Prevention's better than a cure. Yeah. Okay. And what? And moving forward, what are you going to do differently? Okay, even if you weren't in the situation you're in, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, usually when you get to the point where you develop a health problem, yeah. in most cases that's usually too late because yeah. you've already, you've already, the best way to think about it is you've already started doing damage to your body that's irreversible. Yeah. And I guess some people kind of, I guess there are people out there who, do so much damage that they're just like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to listen to anyone anyway. And, you know, I empathize with them. If you get to the point where you've just done, you've done irreversible damage to your health and, you know, your quality, quality of life isn't going to be that good anyway, then, like, I don't recommend that you just keep <laughs> drinking and smoking and doing drugs, but you're a bit like, well, I'm I get, go out. no, 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 I get where you're, I get where you're coming from. And, yeah. you know, no, I understand that I'm not going to change your mind, but this is what I recommend if you want to live longer. Yeah. <sighs> fucking heavy, man. Look, I, I honestly, like, I appreciate you coming down, man, because I know it's been chaos trying to get you here just because of your rotating sort of shifts. Yeah. What kind of hours are you actually working? Oh, mate, well, look, I'm working like six days a week. Yeah. Usually anywhere between, oh, I guess, eight hours on a good day, 12 hours on a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Is it rotating hours as well? Like, Yeah. So, so right now I'm actually on a, I've had exams and stuff going on, so- it's been a bit hectic in that regard, but I'm actually on a rotation at the moment that has quite, the hours are quite good, Yeah. but normally I am on rotating hours. So night shifts, day shifts, evening shifts, weekends, Yeah. a rotating roster. At the moment, I'm not on a rotating roster and I think that's what I was trying to let you know. I'm like, oh no, everything's going to look good from here on. <laughs> yeah. And the COVID situation has, particularly where I'm working, the COVID situation has gotten a little bit better. Yeah. And that's definitely helped as well. Man, all I can say is I tip my hat to you because like I said, there's not a, forget the fact that I've no way near have got the discipline to actually do what you do or the ability. If I was in your situation, man, I'd be a loose fucking cannon. You you seem so you're like the calmest person I've ever brought into this room. I'm telling okay. you. Just just taking on what you're saying, I'm starting to get anxiety, like anger. Yeah. And no. I'd walk around with a chip on my shoulder every fucking day. I already do. And I'm not a doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. All I can say is thanks for like coming down, man. Cause oh, thanks for having I me on, man. Really. You understand, man. Like, 
no one's going to listen to me. I try and get an educated opinion on as much as I can, but I've like I'm pissed off that I couldn't actually get you in earlier. You know what I mean? Just to try and change the the message going out. Yeah, mm. I I'm not a corporate shill. I'm not a you know I don't wear blinders, but I know when the, the writing's on the wall, man. You know, and it we like you said, it's the message has been sort of yeah, it's gone back and forth and people have had that hesitancy, especially with vaccines and stuff, mm. you know? But like I said, it's good marketing, man. If you can push Merit at First Sight <laughs> for the last how many years, yeah. surely you can push something that's like this, you know, beneficial to everyone else. I agree. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Dude, oh, that's I, all good. I just want to say thanks, No man. worries, mate. Thank you. Hold up.